This is the Bone Collector, Dominic Greeny. You're listening to Wrestling Cheers. Don't turn that dial or I'll choke you out. Taking your way in the world today Takes everything you got Taking a break from all your worries Sure would help a lot Wouldn't you like to get away? Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name And they're always glad you came You want to go where you can see that troubles are all the same And welcome back to Wrestling Cheers, where everybody knows your name, even when you have a sad struggle. This is Wrestling Cheers, where we like to talk about things going on in the Northeast Ohio independent wrestling scene. We preview shows, we review shows, and sometimes we even have interviews along the way. But this is a little bit different. This is Sup Month for Southern Underground Pro. And of course, I am your host. I am Heavy Set. And this show is brought to you by the Trending Topics Network. NEO Sports Insiders, and MidwestTerritory.com. Please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you're listening to this fine podcast, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, YouTube, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or Podbean, WrestlingCheers.Podbean.com. If you want to get a hold of the show, we're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, Facebook.com slash WrestlingCheers, Twitter.com slash WrestlingCheers, and Instagram.com slash WrestlingCheers. Email, if you so choose a desire, WrestlingCheers at gmail.com. We still have the merch store over at whatamaneuver.net. Like I said, this is Southern Underground Pro Month. And uh, another name that I, I had on my list is none other than Kevin Koo. Kevin, how's it going this evening? Great. How are you? I'm, I'm, doing, I'm doing pretty good, um, which it, I'm, I'm very happy to have you on. Um, you are the only Southern Underground Pro wrestler that hasn't wrestled up here but i've seen you up here so that's a nice little bonus <laughs> yeah i came to hang out uh for abso but i've yet to make my way up to ohio yet so what was it like, like what's it like from an outsider's point of view who's a wrestler um coming into abso like that like how did I don't know, like, did you get many people recognize you from whether it be you know southern underground pro or a multitude of other companies yeah, there was a there was a couple of people who came up and talked to me like you and asked me if I was on the show, but they noticed me from like when I was on Dojo Pro or like yeah. other shows. They see me around like on Powerbomb and stuff like that. Um, but like I've been watching AIW for a while, like even before I was wrestling. Mm-hmm. But I've never been able to go to a show just because Ohio is eight hours away from where I live right now, or Cleveland's eight hours away from where I live right now, and even when I lived in Boston, it was even farther away. Yeah. I just never had the chance to, but I had a weekend off and I was going to go hang out with Don. So I just came up there early and hung out for the show. And it was a really good time. Like, that's the first episode I've seen live, obviously. Yeah. But it was awesome. For those who, who don't know much about you, much like uh, Brett, I want you to be able to like introduce yourself a little bit. I, I still believe people should know you from all these other shows, but it, if, they don't happen to know you because I do know there's there's at least some fans who might not get into all that kind of stuff. Please introduce yourself to everybody. Yeah. Uh, my name is Kevin Koo. I'm originally from Birmingham, Alabama. I trained at the New England Pro Wrestling Academy in North Andover, Massachusetts with Brian Fury. Um, 
it's the old Killer Kowalski school, but it's obviously not called that anymore. Yeah. Uh, he trained people like the music, Donovan Dijak, uh, Sasha Banks, people like that. Okay. Um, so I have, a, I have a lot of great pride coming from that school. Uh, I lived there for like, I lived in Boston for like six years, but I trained for like a year there. And then I moved to Georgia for like two years and I've been in Nashville for like two years now. So like what part of Georgia? Uh, I lived in Atlanta. Ugh. That was actually the, yeah, the, was terrible. That was the answer was one, that I feared. It was one of the more depressing two years of my life. Uh, with me being when I wasn't over the road trucker, people asked me like, "Oh, where's the worst place you know you've seen for traffic?" I think Atlanta is top five, easily, yeah, easily top five at any times. Oh yeah, like growing in Birmingham and going to shows in Atlanta, they've been doing construction on Atlanta roadways for twenty plus years, maybe more, and it's never going to stop there. No. Uh, God, like that's the big thing. Like I know, cause I'm, I'm not a big fan of the show, but I know, you know, the walking dead has, you know, the kind of like the picture of Atlanta with like all the, you know, abandoned vehicles. That's yeah. kind of what it's like being in traffic. Uh, I think my first oh, experience yeah. was more in the later hours. It wasn't that late, but maybe, you know, eight, eight o'clock. And it was just ridiculous traffic and i was like oh my god I, I have friends who lived in atlanta i was like how can you deal with like this is hands down one of the worst but now i say after experiencing a lot more i say top five yeah i mean i i've toured all around the country and stuff like that and i've never la is like no. one maybe maybe la is worse but like atlanta is just traffic all the fucking time like downtown proper atlanta mm -hmm. there's never not traffic there and it's ridiculous like, I understand places like New York, Chicago, and L.A. Like, those, like, are, are complete givens. But there's other places. Like, I always say, like, one of the worst is in between D.C. and Richmond, Virginia on 95. Yeah, that's, those are really bad, too. Uh, like, if you go, especially if you go in the middle of the day, you hit that place maybe right around 4 or 5 o'clock. Rush hour is bad enough, but it's just mind-numbingly slow and... Like, I've known people who live there, and I think it's nuts. Yeah, whenever I go to Nova Pro, it's like they run on Fridays. Mm -hmm. So I usually get into town around, like, 5 o'clock. Uh, so I have to deal with that traffic every fucking time I work there, and it's maddening. I feel like Nova Pro is the first place I ever heard of you. And with the, what I would consider a legendary feud with Angelus Lane. Like, that's what, like, the whole, like... Uh, what was it basically killing you like where you broke your neck or whatnot yeah i mean i actually broke my neck. yeah yeah <laughs> like, that was a real thing that happened to me um and she certainly didn't help the situation like i can say now she's retired but she didn't actually break my neck yeah uh, i broke my neck the night before okay and she did drop me on my head so it didn't help the situation mm -hmm. but she didn't like do the initial damage to it but yeah i was out for like I couldn't do anything physical for like four months. Uh, and then I just had to do physical therapy and stuff like that. And then I broke it in August. It came back early, which I probably shouldn't have done, but I did it, uh, to black label at like the middle or end of October. Mm -hmm. And that was my first go back. And then I just kind of took a light the end of 2017. And then this whole year, I've just been going really hard. So it but was Angela's. I like that was probably one of my favorite like set of matches that I ever had. Like she's the first I've had her in gender matches before, but she was the first one, 
person actually that I've had like a quote unquote hardcore style match with and yeah. I had a lot of fun. So like I said, for me, it was at least that feud with her put you at least on my mental radar of like, oh, like Kevin Koo, like this is something that's going on. I never honestly never got the chance to go back and watch them. Eventually, I'll get around to it. But it was cool to then like see you in other places such as, you know, Southern Underground Pro, Dojo Pro, uh, all that kind of stuff. Um, you you tag with Dom and obviously that's, you know, one of the. Mo, uh, biggest up, up and coming names I feel in in Cleveland. How did how did that come about? Because it's from an outsider's point of view, it's really cool when you see two very young, talented wrestlers like from different locations find each other and make a tag team out of it. And it's from the outside, like I said, it's really fun to watch. Yeah, uh, I appreciate that. Like, I don't. It's weird because it just kind of came up out of nowhere. Like, what was the first place we tagged? I think the first place we tagged was at PWS and we just like, it was an off the cuff thing. Mm. And we we're just like, let's try this. Uh, and we didn't know how the logistics would work since we <clears throat> live eight hours away from each other. Yeah. But I literally talked to him every single day. Like he's my best friend and I talked to him more than my parents. I talked to him like all day, every day, just about like life and bullshit and stuff like that. So like with tag teams, I live in the same state we make it work where we literally just text all the time. Like he's my wife or my girlfriend <laughs> and we're trying to like, we've been picking up a lot of steam, I feel like, and mm-hmm. we're just make, trying to make this like a full time thing as much as possible that we can, you know, obviously we still take singles bookings and stuff like that. But you know, if we have someone wants us as a tag team, that's what, that's, that's our preferred way that we want to be booked. I think too, that, you have it to where there, there's a handful of companies out there that where you guys were both in as singles. And then when this kind of started to pick up steam, and like I, I noticed it was in more and more place. Like I think maybe at first I kind of noticed the, the pairing in Nova pro. And then next thing I knew mm-hmm. what was going like kind of like went over more into Southern underground pro. And then I, I'm not really, I wasn't really ever off on PWF enough. And then I started getting them slowly, but surely. And then obviously that's another place where you team the now uh, tag team champions there. Yep. And we just did, we were just in tournament for tomorrow for beyond, uh, oh, forgot about beyond tagging at black label too. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a match next year with, uh, Anthony Henry and James Drake, four horsemen or JD Drake, whatever he goes by now. So we're getting a lot of, a lot of cool things happening. And like this started like when, when the exact beginning of it, like, would you, would you say? We've only been tagging for, like, six months now, if that. Okay. Like, like, it, like I said, it just was just a super random thing that we just started tagging mm-hmm. at, like, PWF. And PWF and Nova were the two first places that we tagged at ever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Black Label shortly after that. Those were the first three places. So, like, I think, I think that I pushed heavily for it at Black Label because I have never done tag team wrestling really before. I've been, like and fuck all tag matches, like random partners and shit like that, that, you know, I, I knew the guy, but we never had any like real chemistry, but I feel like mine and Dom's styles complement each other really, really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we just, I like pushed really heavily for it to happen at black label. Cause I was in a tag team there, but that wasn't really happening or really going anywhere the way we were. <clears throat> so I just wanted it to happen there and then just kept, kept picking up from there. Mm-hmm. One other uh, wrestling-related topic. I don't normally like doing too much about wrestling because 
I have like three topics that are non-wrestling, and I think those are going to be huge <laughs> things. But I want to kind of get some wrestling things out of the way. Is you are yeah. actually, you know, involved with the organization and everything of Southern Underground Pro. How did how did that come about? Uh, it was kind of like a joke where me and Jesse, we've been friends for a good long while, and when I moved here, we talked about doing like a one-off show with like a bunch of our friends, and we would just buy like a really shitty medal, and whoever won the tournament would win that. And then a week passed, and I was like, hey, I found this, like, kind of shitty trophy. Uh, let's just have the winner win that. He's like, okay. And then he texted me, like, two weeks later. He's like, hey, so I found this really – I found I found a belt online. Um, let's just get that, and, you know, we'll just do it from there. So we did the show. Our first show actually sold out at, like, this cool punk club in Nashville. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we just kind of did it show by show. We That's – pretty much how we still do it. We do it show by show. Like, well, if this one doesn't work out, then we just won't do another one. They they seem to be picking up steam. Something like I mentioned to Brett and I, I know I mentioned to Jesse, but I think, I don't think it might've been like through text messages. And that's like how, like the Halloween show last year, it's, it seemed to be like a pretty empty show. Like not, not as many mm-hmm. people were there. Like compared to like, yeah. cause I, I, at this time when I'd watched that, I'd already seen a couple, a uh, couple shows later. So I was just like, oh, like maybe something was going on that day. And then watching like one year later, it's back to the the packed, uh, you know, bar. And that's that's something really cool to see. Like, I don't obviously I don't don't know much about the Nashville scene, but at least what you guys are doing is just it, it's it's catching eyes. And I don't I don't think if I would have had an appreciation for southern wrestling if it wasn't for you know guys like you uh you know jesse brings a couple things to like to my attention and then you know obviously chandler biggins who was up here who was constantly bringing in you know a lot of a lot of the southern style and I've, i i feel like aiw doesn't have that as much anymore so now it's like oh well yeah. there's southern underground pro i'm kind of getting the same thing yeah chandler was a big proponent for like the southern guys not necessarily like southern style wrestling but like the guys in the south who did wrestling properly so like I know that he was a big promoter for the Carnies coming up. Yeah. And then uh, I don't know if he was like the one to like really bring in Mance first and then Thorne really latched onto him because Mance is so fucking good. Oh, God, yes. Um, but Mance isn't really a Southern. He's not from the South. He's from Indiana. He's from like Indiana. So I don't consider that South at all. He's a Midwest yeah. dude. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, like Southern wrestlers get a really bad rap, I feel like, because there's just like that thing about it where like we're all just a bunch of fucking weird hicks that just wrestle quote unquote <laughs> but it's like there's a lot of fucking really good people here and it's cool because there's a lot of places that are starting to give people from the south a chance like nova's giving people a chance black labels giving people a chance like slowly and slowly people are realizing that there's more and more good wrestlers here they just everyone just needs at least one shot you know yeah and if they either sink or swim that's pretty much what it is well, it's almost even like look at a guy like Marco, you know, just, you know, from from Mississippi yeah. and, and he would get just chance after chance. And every he, I mean, he'd always t- take it. He'd make the best of it, but that would usher him into something else. And obviously to get where he went to before the injury like that. I mean, he's just another he's a southern wrestler and just killed it. Yeah. Marco's Marco's straight up from like Memphis, Mississippi, I think, mm-hmm. I think is where he's technically from. But like. Like, I'm not trying to, like, toot Southern Underground Pro's horn, but, like, we booked him as, like, a scramble guy fill-in, and then he, like, got so fucking over and, like, 
appreciated by everyone because he's just so good at what he does and like people don't see it out of him mm-hmm. they were like well let's keep doing this then and then like he just kept getting like it's it was up to him like to get more booked in more places but i feel like we were one of the first places to really give him the chance to be himself and like shine out to himself where it's where more people would see it and like i'm immensely proud of what marco did you know it sucks that he's injured right now but I'm like so fucking stoked for him, like what he was able to do in such a short amount of time. I think I got I got hatched to him like uh, the second show that he was on. That was the yeah. that was like right around the time that Southern Undercard Pro finally came to Powerbomb, and I, I checked mm-hmm. it checked it out. And then there was a couple back episodes. I was like, all right, let me let me check these out. And I, I'd already like fell in love with him at that one. And then I watched his debut, and just to like walk out of the curtain. And to have that icebreaker, like, you know that people aren't going to recognize you, or p- potentially, I should say, and just go, mm-hmm. hi, I'm Tiny. Like, I'm like, oh, my God. Like, yeah. if I didn't like him before, I would love him now, but that's that's oh, the, yeah. the thing that I love about him. He's Jesse's son, so. Ah, <laughs> oh, good old, good old uh, Marco stunt. Any, anyway, I kind of want to get into some non-wrestling questions, and I want to start off yeah. with, I don't know if you're the first person on the podcast. Nope. Second, at least, of uh, people I've interviewed, you're straight edge, correct? I am straight edge. I've been straight edge for 15 years now. Okay, so like you were one time not straight edge, or do you just feel like what? Like how does that work for you? Because I don't really know your age. A common misconception with straight edge. Yeah, a lot of people will say that they're straight edge, but at the end of the day, they're sober uh, because straight edge is more of you went to punk rock hardcore shows. Yeah. Um, and you don't drink or do drugs or anything mind altering. So straight edge started with Ian McKay of minor threat and he made it to where his friends were a different group of people away from like all the jocks and bros that are going to shows yeah. and like the DC area and stuff like that around the times. So they just call themselves straight edge. It's not meant to be like everyone who is just like, uh, I'm abstaining from like drugs and alcohol and stuff like that. Like mm-hmm. you're not really straight edge unless you just, you know, grow up going to hardcore and punk shows. You're sober. That's, I, I do think one way to put it, I did have an ex who she was admittedly like the, the person who was just completely sober. And she always said like, I, she's without even knowing that kind of like connotation, she was like, I'm not straight edge. Like, I don't want to call myself straight edge. It's just, I don't want to do drugs. I don't want to smoke. I don't want to drink. It's just, this is the life I choose. Yeah, exactly. It's like a lot of people who are like that. will just like, they don't want to attach a label to it because they know like they don't need that. They're just like, I'm a sober individual, but with like CM Punk being so big in the, in like the media and stuff like that, as like the first like quote unquote straight edge wrestler in like the world of wrestling, even mm-hmm. though Matt Cross and Josh Prohibition were probably the first people, uh, like it's just more and more where people are just like it's like a buzzword that people just say. Mm-hmm. But like I listened to some, I listened to an interview like a podcast with Brody King the other day, and uh, like he's a straight he's a straight edge hardcore dude, and he's in a he's in a band too, and he's like he has the exact same train of thought as i do about straight edge <laughs> because we come from the same world i never heard of like that kind of background for it like maybe it's because like i've never personally like got into more of like a punk or hardcore scene like a music mm-hmm. i just could never really dive into but it always seemed to be everybody that i knew who said straight edge, like oh i'm straight edge it was more like well i'm i'm sober so i, I mean even i had the misconception of like that's what straight edge really was mm-hmm yeah, I mean, like I said, it's just become, like, a buzzword over the past, like, 
even like 10 years, like people have always said, like, yeah, I'm straight edge, but like at the end of the day, they're just sober people, you know? And you're straight edge. If you went, you're actually straight edge. If you went to hardcore punk shows growing up and you were around your straight edge group of friends and stuff like that. So I was curious if like there was anything, was it just the, that type of, you know, growing up listening to that music is what made you not want to, you know, get into anything like drugs or alcohol or anything like that? Um, I don't know if that was like 100% it, mm-hmm. but I definitely like, it definitely helped it because like I've, I've only had like two drinks in my life ever. Like I had a, like a glass of wine at my aunt's wedding when I was like 12 and then like a sip of a, like a Bud Light or some shit when I was like 14. Mm-hmm. And I was like, mm, this is real gross. I don't want this anymore. So I just, I like, by that point, I was going to more and more like concerts and local shows and stuff like that in my DIY venue. And, uh, I just like most of the people that I was friends with in high school were straight edge kids. So I was like, yeah, this seems like a cool thing. I'm this, this is something I want to be a part of. So it just kept snowballing from there. I, I, that totally makes sense. I mean, me, I'm just a, I, I feel like minus the whole, uh, music thing, the closest I come to being a straight edge is the fact that, I don't do any drugs. I don't smoke. I'll drink, but like it's hardly to excess. I do like alcohol a little bit, but like it's, like I said, it's never crazy. And even to the fact of, uh, I know people who will be like they'll hear me like talking about like maybe trying a beer or something. Like you drink, and I'm like, yeah, like what what, what, what about it? Like maybe because like I don't go. I definitely don't go out like a big bar person. I, I've never been like that, or like I don't. You know, there's hardly ever like wasted stories of me so yeah like i don't have that misconception that i'm a alcoholic but it's just like oh yeah no i i'll hear about a beer like uh, here in northeast ohio like one of the biggest beers is christmas ale i love it but do i am i getting trashed on it every year or or a lot like no like i might drink a couple times a month if that and maybe a beer at like at best yeah and like another common misconception is people like they like try to hide the fact that they're like drinking or smoking around me. Like, no, you just live your life, dude. Like as long as you're not trying to push your agenda, like that type of shit on me, then we're we're chill. Like I don't care what you do with your life. It's all on you. I think that's a, a really big thing with everybody. I I forget where I just heard this recently where uh, someone had said, like, it's not the lifestyle you live. It's people hate preachy. Like if you're really religious, Like, if you're trying to push that on other people, people hate that. If you're, obviously, the other end of it, you're atheist, but you're constantly pushing that on people. Uh, vegans, there, you know, obviously, there are people who are straight edge who, like, push it. And, yeah. like, uh, I just, this past summer, I had watched the Mr. Rogers documentary. And I was watching, like, I went through, like, a like a just YouTube uh, tour of, like, finding other, like, videos about him. And one thing said about him, he was a vegan. Not vegan. Uh, I think it was vegetarian was the right word because uh, I had no idea. Yeah. He, he didn't want to eat anything that had a mother. And if, I guess if people would like kind of be like, you know, obviously like, Oh, like, I'm sorry. I'm like this. He's like, Oh no, no. Like you can, I love you even though you, you, that's what you choose, but you know, that's what you want. Like, fine, go for it. Like, this is what I choose. This is what you choose. I still love you. We're still friends. And I'm like, right. wow. Like, you don't hear about that. And the fact that he like was a vegetarian and didn't, wasn't like preachy about it. Wouldn't go crazy about it. It's, it's really commendable, like learning about and going, that's 
that's rare. Yeah, like <clears throat> Morrissey from The Smiths, he's like, people think that he's a vegan, but he's actually a vegetarian, but he's probably one of like the biggest dickheads on the planet Earth where like he he literally won't play it in a, like a club or a venue if they're cooking meat there. But like, you're not even fucking veg- vegan, man. You're just vegetarian. Like, I'm sure as shit that you still eat cheese and stuff like that. Like, yeah. He's just so hardline about that, about that stuff. And people who are like that, like, just annoy the ever loving shit out of me, man. Like, it's just, they're, it's, it's, I feel like it's more for appearances than mm-hmm. they're just doing it for themselves. Definitely one of the things I've said, like, just do what makes you happy. And if it doesn't affect my life, I don't care. <laughs> that's, that's pretty much it. Like, and like, there's so many of my friends who have like, broken edge over the years and like for some reason i'm always the one that they tell and i'm like my one friend when he moved to chicago like i went to go visit him and like we went, we went to this like nice place to eat and stuff like that because my first night there and he was like hey i gotta tell you something it was like a really serious sound like okay well what the fuck like what'd you do what'd you do wrong it was like i kind of started drinking and i was like okay is that it like <laughs> you're not hurt or you didn't hurt anyone like no, he's like, no, I just, I, I broke it. I just started drinking. I was like, well, man, well, if you want to buy a beer, you can have one. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. He's like, everyone just expects me to, like, hate them and accost them forever. I was like, no, he's, I mean, you're not straight anymore. You're a sellout. Nah, I don't say that. Sometimes <laughs> I say that joking to them. Uh, but, like, I really don't care what other people do as long as it's not affecting my life. Let's go from straight edge to another happy topic. And I'm talking about this I did not know about you. I've been told you are a huge fan of Disney. Uh, this is the first year in five years that I haven't been to actual Disney World, and it's very depressing. Anyways, but I love Disney. Have you been to Disneyland? Yes, I went there 2016. Okay, and I went there as a kid apparently, but I have a really bad memory. So my parents told me I did, but I don't remember it. Which is better? I've never been to either of them. It's all subjective. Like Disneyland is smaller, but it's really cool because it. Well, Disney actually walked the lands there. Yeah. Um, and there's like some other stuff. Like the castle's way smaller there, but it's really fucking cool to look at. And it's just like a nostalgic purpose there. Everything is so much bigger at Disney World because it's literally they bought just the entire city pretty much and made it themselves. Mm-hmm. So like, there's there's good and bad things like. The California Adventure theme park park is fucking awesome because they have the roller coaster there, and I love that thing. Um, but they're building a lot more stuff at Disney World. So at the end of the day, I think I like Disney World more because there's just like I can take a proper like week-long vacation there if I really want to. I feel like there's a really weird prerequisite to be a wrestler and love Disney because it's like you're obviously not the only wrestler that loves disney the funny oh, thing that i think from my point of view is when ethan page was posting a lot of like video journals especially when he was in japan like he did a couple yeah. like disney videos of when he was there and because i watched those videos my youtube was like oh here's these disney videos like here's these disney videos of like like tips for the park and like i just kept watching them and i'm like i'm in my 30s yeah I now I- i'm a freak <laughs> Yeah, I was like, I'm in my 30s, and now I want to go to Disney World more than ever. What is wrong with me? It's it, it's like, it used to just be like a kid's park, but mm-hmm. like now people can drink there, and they 
done a lot more adult rides and made it adult adult friendly. So like parents don't want to like shoot themselves in the brains while their kids are just yelling at them the whole time. Yeah. So like it's way better for adults than it ever was when we were kids. And like, I love it, man. Like I've been, I've never been during Christmas time, but I've been during like Halloween in the summer and stuff like that. And right after Christmas. So I'm trying to like figure out a way for me to go there during Christmas time. Like, I've been trying to figure out ways for me to spend money to go there in the next couple of weeks. Wow. How far, how far is that from Nashville? Driving. It's like nine or 10 hours. I would say that's not too but bad. I've been, Only. I've been universal twice this year. Okay. Uh, me and me and Wilkins from kick out of two went just like on a week's notice. Cause we both wanted to go and he knew I was sad. So it was like, yeah, I'm going to do this cheer up. I go, okay, sick. Let's go. So we spent two days there. <laughs> and then me and the Carnies and O'Shea went before we did fest, uh, during Halloween time Okay, for Halloween Horror Nights. So that was awesome. Like I've never, like I said, never really been into like going to those theme parks. I do know when I went down for WrestleMania uh, a couple years ago that, um, I was like right around the park. Because uh, AIW ring announcer Steve Guy, well, uh, I had to take back some AIW stuff, and that's where roughly where he was. Like that's the closest I've been, but still, like learning all the history of that park and like the culture, like it is one of the biggest wormholes I've ever come across. Because like oh, I said, dude, I get real nerdy into it. Like, like the whole like. Obviously, there's the whole inside secret stuff like that. It probably seems to be the most interesting that I've ever come across that. Obviously, there's oh, like, yeah, I, was I have say, friends who work for Disney and they're like, they can't tell me anything. But I'm like, I read all like the creepypasta and the Reddit stories and stuff like that. Yeah. And like, I watch a lot of documentaries about it. It's just like the way that they actually bought the land was so sketchy and awesome. Mm-hmm. It's like so sick. <laughs> like there's, there's that stuff. Um there's some stuff I don't because I wasn't well, like I said I'm not back into it, but like the like the secret club that they have, and there's like a secret oh, club thirty three. Yeah, that's that's what it is. <laughs> of course, yeah. you know. But <laughs> like, I got I got real jealous when I saw Johnny and Ken has got to go in there. I'm like, God damn you bastards! <laughs> of course they would they would freaking get in there. Yeah. Like of all the, yeah, I they was, had their wet they had their wedding at Disneyland. Like yeah. assholes, so jealous of them. On a, on a side note, I'm I'm waiting for the day that Johnny publicly crosses paths and there's like they do more with like a guy like Zack Ryder because he's obviously he's oh, at Disney all the time. Yeah, I mean hell, if I lived in I, if I lived in Orlando area, Tampa, whatever, uh, and I worked for WWE, I would I would 100% have an annual pass. Like I've I've said it since like the beginning of wrestling. Like if and when I get signed getting a town home and then I'm getting an annual pass. And anytime I'm not like wrestling or anything like that, anything wrestling related, I'm going to be at Disney world. I would like from the outsider's point of view, I would kind of be jealous of anybody who lives in that vicinity because people like me and you or wherever you live in the country, like going to Disney world is a big deal. But when you live that close, it's like, uh, what are we doing next Saturday? Nothing. Oh, let's go to Disney world. I'm like, yeah. It's just super casual for them. Yeah. Like, um, you know, the, the people from the, the indie cast, like, they live close enough where, you know, they go a lot. And I'm like, I can't fathom that. The closest thing I have, and even I don't go a lot, is Cedar Point. 
Like I'm. Oh man, I love Cedar Point. I'm about like an hour and a somewhere between an hour and hour and a half. I know it's not an hour, but I feel I'm like an hour and a half. That. I haven't been there since 2011, and I think that's around the time I went there. Actually, I went on a, a company that I worked for for literally like four months. I was around the time of their. They had a company picnic, and that's where they went. And I haven't been back since. And I think what kills me is there was a smaller park, even closer, called, well, it was Joggle Lake, and then it was bought by Six Flags. Then Cedar Point slash Cedar Fair bought it, turned it back to Joggle Lake, and then they closed. They officially closed it down 100% a couple years ago. But they were slowly but surely like, oh, it has all these roller coasters. Then a couple years later, like, uh, about that. We're going to get rid of all the amusement park side. We're just be a water park. And then eventually, after about <laughs> five or six years of the water park, they're like, yeah, we're done. And I'm like, oh, that was more my childhood. But yeah, like I said, the Cedar Point's close. When you were when you were up here, did you go to Cedar Point? No, I didn't get a chance to. Uh, I, only been, I only went once, uh, I think around like 2011 time. Like oh, yeah. I used to hate roller coasters, but really? my friends told me that we were going to go on a trip and that I like I had the biggest car. So I drove all the time. So we went there. I was like, well, fuck, I'm here. I'm not going to not ride roller coasters. So at the time, there were 16 roller coasters there. We rode 14 in the first day we were there. And I got vertigo real bad. <laughs> but I loved every second of it. I, I love roller coasters, but I. As I got older, like the last when I went in 2011 or um, 2010, actually, I got so like sick. Actually, no, it was 2011 going back. But I, I don't know when I rode roller coasters, I just got like dizzy and everything. And I'm like, I was like as a kid, literally when Joggle Lake was starting to like lose its popularity, uh, I would be the like first seat of a roller coaster. We'd come back, there'd be nobody, and they'd be like, "All right, go again." Hell yeah, let's do it. Now I'm like, ugh, I can't fathom getting on another roller coaster. And it's not like I'm scared. It's just I remember just getting so, like, dizzy and sick. I, like, I I get really bad motion sickness. And Mm -hmm. um, there's one ride at Universal in the Harry Potter part where it's, like, you put on the 3D goggles and you're, like, kind of on a half roller coaster thing. Mm -hmm. And it always kind of fucks me up by the end. And one of the last times I went there, like, we got off, and one of the workers was just like, "Hey, you guys want to ride again?" I go, "I was like, really want to, but I will throw up if I do right now." <laughs> now you're a big fan of Disney, but how how well with the parks? What about the movie side? Uh, I love them too. The only one, the only one I haven't seen is Princess and the Frog. Okay, but I'm trying to like find that to watch. But I love Disney Pixar. I like. I think I like the Pixar side a little bit more than Disney, but all about both of them. Disney has the history, but Pixar, since, you know, they became about, they've had a lot of hits. I don't want to say that it's been constant hits because there are a couple that uh, cars do. Yeah, there are some that, <laughs> Yeah, there are some ones, that, or even ones like from, I've, I've seen parts of Ratatouille, but it was never a movie that I was like, yeah, I really want to see this, but I know like there's people out there who love it. I'm like, eh. Yeah, Ratatouille's fine. Like, Pixar knows how to like fuck you up real badly, like up. I will cry every single time I watch that movie. Literally every time I'll cry. The the story that I tell about Up is when I first seen it. Like, it was in the theater. I didn't know anything about it, minus the trailers. And I had seen that, you know, he's he's really, like, he's a kid. And he, he meets, 
uh, Ellie mm-hmm. meets her and he's like, he's in love and they're showing all these things. And I go, he's an old man in the movie, a grumpy old man. Oh shit. Yep. And then it's like that slowly, but surely like she starts to get sick and I'm like, Oh God, no, no. Like it just at that moment, it was like putting everything together of knowing we're here and we have to get to a grumpy old man. This is going to be really sad and probably one of the worst, but I mean that in a good way, like the worst opening for a movie of just like emotional roller coasters. No. Yeah, dude. Like that's Disney to a T like Disney and Pixar. Like they're like, okay, this is going to start really sick, but someone's going to die and we're going to fuck you up real badly. <laughs> um, like I saw when I, when I saw Coco in theaters, like, oh, I was going to get into that about it. It, I, I cried in theaters. Like I was bawling my eyes. I was like, Oh no. Uh, I went to go see that on Thanksgiving day when it came out and I'm, I'm definitely a sucker for a lot of, you know, CGI movies or especially to you know, Disney and Pixar. And when I first seen the the trailer for it, I was like, eh, I don't know. It's yeah, I'm just I don't know. I'm, I'm just not into it. But the more I seen the preview, I was like, I kind of want to see it. I kind of want to see it. So, like I said, we went to go see it on Thanksgiving Day, and my girlfriend fell asleep during the movie. There's only a couple things she picked up where she like briefly woke up, and like at that end of the movie, like I was crying, and she knew that I was crying like later on, like when we talked about it. And when it came out for digital, like, well, not digital release, but home release, I bought the 4K copy because I just bought a 4K TV. So I'm like, this is perfect movie for the, my, uh, my new TV, my new big TV. And we watched it and she didn't exactly know what was ha- going to happen, but she knew like it was like supposedly sad and even kind of knowing some things like she started crying and like she's looking over at me and I've already seen it and I'm crying again. Like, I don't know if any Disney movie is ever going to, like, match that because they brought a lot of emotion out of a lot of people. Like, I've not, I haven't heard many people go out and say, like, I haven't, I didn't cry at one point of that movie. It was dumb. Like, it's either it was really good or, yeah, I cried. Yeah, dude. Like, it, visually, it was one of the, like, best movies I've seen in my life. Mm-hmm. But, like, story-wise, like, I'll, I'll admit, the story-wise kind of started a little bit slow. Mm. But then as you got more and more into the story, and then once that you found out what Remember Me was really about, like, you're just done, man. Mm-hmm. Like, fucking, you're you're just destroyed by that point. I'm like, damn, how did they do this every single time? The fact that even they, they took that song, Remember Me, and it's like they play the the, the recorded version, quote-unquote, I don't want to say the original but, you know, it's like this happy, upbeat song. And then the next time you hear it, it's Hector singing it. Oh, it, man. It, like, it doesn't, everything doesn't necessarily click at that point. But when Miguel sings it at the end, like. Oh, yeah. She fucks me up real bad. <laughs> I'll do the same thing. Like, I mean, granted, I went out and downloaded the songs like that next week. But, like. Even like listening to the song like the week after, like there's just that emotion in his voice without even actually watching the movie. Like you, you hear it and you just, it all comes back and you're like, ugh, like how could you, how could you do this, Disney? Yep. They're, they're masters of that shit, man. What do you think about some of these, uh, remakes coming out for Disney? Like they're the, uh, 
I don't want to say live action because like Lion King, like which has already come out, like people say like eh, it's not really live action because it's all CGI, but they're definitely updated remakes. I somehow cried and laughed at the same time at the Lion King trailer because mm-hmm. I because I, I knew what was going to happen in the movie, but also like Simba's so fucking cute, <laughs> and I love yeah. cats, so I was like, oh shit, this is awesome. I'm stoked on that one. I haven't seen the Aladdin trailer yet. Uh, Dumbo made me cry. That looks awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I obviously cry a lot. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I love Disney so much, and I'm a real big softy. Um, what else is there? Uh, I, I'm, I'm actually down with them doing all these remakes. Like, mm-hmm. I think it's cool because it's, like, it's a different generation, and they have better technology now to where like they can make things look better and they're not really amending any stories to it so they're just like they're just updating it for a new millennia Mm -hmm. and it's great because like sometimes the kids don't want to watch like a shitty cartoon they want to see like cool stuff that they're used to yeah i think especially if you look at you know one of the first ones they did the jungle book the jungle book is an old cartoon and i mean i mean it does it still hold up of course but like when it comes to the actual visual okay do you want to watch you know these this cartoon snake and and all this like or we can do it cgi or we do it with you know mowgli sheep not mowgli but uh oh that the monkey um shere khan no yeah like he's like huge in the movie and that was like a different Mm -hmm. wrinkle like Lion King is his hands down one of my, like my favorite animated Disney movies, and my f- favorite character is Scar. Scar, like I, that was probably like my first villain that I was like, "Ooh, I really really like him," and I want to see what they do with him, and I'm curious what they do with the musical aspect. Like, how many of the songs are they going to recreate? Because going back to my love for Scar, uh, be prepared, love it, and if they find a way oh, to yeah. modernize it, I'll be ecstatic because. Yeah, I'm really interested in how they'll do that with like all these older remakes, like because those songs are just so legendary. Like you said, like you're gonna sing the the chorus of it, people are gonna immediately sing along with you. So like, mm-hmm. are they going to make it for a new age, or are they just gonna straight do it like old school? Yeah, that'll be interesting. Beauty and the Beast was another good one. The Beast looked and people talk shit on that, but I love that movie, that mm-hmm. remake. I thought it was cool. It was way better than the cartoon because I can't. I straight up can't watch the cartoon all the way through. Really? Yeah, dude. Like, I don't know. Maybe it's just because it's like a weird, rapey thing where he's just <laughs> kidnapping this girl and then trying to make him make her his wife and all this shit. But it's just like, I don't know, man. I can't. I can't sit through the cartoon anymore. I was never big into the cartoon. I remember seeing it in the theater, but up until like right before the movie came out, I rewatched it. But before that, I couldn't even tell you the last time I had watched Beauty and the Beast. But I did feel like the beast looked a little weird, but it's he looked more like an actual beast, not the cartoon that I was used to. Like, I didn't hate it. I remember walking out like I felt like they they covered up some plot holes that I really liked because my big thing was, okay. Um, if all these people were like actual, like all these dishes and all these things were people, where's their mm-hmm. counterparts? You're telling me that this like town doesn't remember any of them. Like what's going on? Right. And then when they bridge <laughs> that in the, in the movie, I was like, okay, cool. Like that's something I've always wondered and boom mm-hmm. right there. Or the, th- I think the thing that I like too, it was talking about how like not everything was used to be a person. Like, no, that's, that's just. 
not whatever I forget what they use. Like, no, that's just that. It's nothing. Yeah. <laughs> now, like, yeah, I don't know why so many people talk shit on that movie. I thought it was really good. <laughs> okay, when it comes to movies, we'll, we'll transition to the other big topic, and this will we might go a little bit longer on this one. And this we, we are in December, and that's Christmas. I've, I've yeah. been informed you love Christmas, and I know while you're you were here in Cleveland or Northeast Ohio, you went to the Christmas Story House. Yes, I did, and it was fucking awesome. Like I didn't know that you could actually walk through the house, and it was like the legit house set that they use because they do a tour of it. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it was so cool to see the history of that because, like, I grew up watching that the twenty four hour thing with my parents, mm-hmm. like when I was a kid. And that's just, that's the thing I do every year. Like, I don't watch all 24 hours now, because I have other shit to do, because I'm semi-adult, <laughs> but I'll at least watch, like, two or three go-throughs of the sh- of the movie, because I just, oh, yeah. I, have a, I have a leg layer tattooed on me, and I have a Christmas tree tattooed on me. So, I love Christmas. But, I, I was it was really fucking cool to see all that. I feel like, with the Christmas story, that's the best time to watch it. I always, if I can, okay. I like to watch the first showing of it. And then after that, it can be like background music or like background noise or just like put it on the TV. We might not be watching it, but that's what's going on. And when you look up, you can watch the movie. And that's to me, it's the best. Yeah. When I'm like at home, like visiting my parents and like my sister, like I'll sit down and properly watch it one time through. And then after that, I'll just be like talking to my family with it in the background. Did you did you think the Christmas Story house was like the Home Alone house to where? Yeah. Like there's the house, but like. Don't you dare get close to it. Yeah, like when I drove by, I was like, oh, I don't, I don't know if I can go inside. And then I walked up, I was like, oh, shit, they do tours here? All right, mm-hmm. bet. Paying for this. Don't care how much it costs. <laughs> and then there's the the gift shop across the street in an added, <laughs> added museum. Yeah, I've, I've gone twice. Uh, the first time I went was uh, in the winter months. It was like a little bit after Thanksgiving, but it wasn't December yet. So I think it was actually the day after Black, <laughs> Friday, Black Friday that year. And then... Mm-hmm. Another time I did go in the, I think it was August, and it's definitely a different feel. Like, when you went, it was definitely less crowded. But if you go, oh, yeah, dude. you go in November, December, like when I went, like there was a line to get in, and I'm trying to remember, you could go at your own pace, but it was like, as people were leaving, they would be like, okay, you know, two people walked out, okay, two people can now go in. Like, there was definitely a capacity mm-hmm. there for, because they don't want to, you know, overcrowd it, but... The second time was more of a like more of a quote guided tour, and but you could still like watch uh, do whatever you wanted, and you know they'll go upstairs, uh, all that kind of fun stuff. But yeah, it's it's a really cool gem if you love the movie and you're you're in Northeast Ohio. I always tell people like I wouldn't you know come here just for that, but if you're here for something no. like it's definitely some like really cool thing to cross off the bucket list, especially if you love the movie. Yeah, definitely. And it's just like, it's cool to know that they filmed the actual movie in that house. Like, mm-hmm. all, and it's a super small house. Like, it's crazy the, the camera work they did. But I remember like watching it. I thought I had like a certain perspective of what it looked like. But then I went in and I obviously you see how everything's laid out. And then I rewatched I'm like, oh, I see it now. Okay. That's now that it all, it all makes sense. Yeah, because you because you've been inside the actual house. You're mm-hmm. like, okay, I get this now. Um, which do you like more, Home Alone one or two? Two. Ooh, you're you're much like, like me. why? 
I have this conversation all the time. Uh, I'll tell you why. The second movie, the booby traps are way more intricate, and the pigeon lady is hilarious to me. And there's one scene that pops me every single time when he's walking in the streets of New York, and there's a hobo that he runs into, and he just yells at him like, "Watch it, kid!" <laughs> <laughs> like that kills me every time. And then there's the prostitutes that he sees. I'm just like, this is the best. For me, like, because I, I say two, two, like, I love them both. I just watched one over the past weekend, and I'll probably watch two here soon. Is I love the Talkboy tape recorder growing up. I actually own one. I, I've owned two in my lifetime. Those are both long gone. I had the, also had like the Talkboy pin, uh, Talkboy Jr. There was another Talkboy thing I found out later on that I didn't remember as a kid. Yeah, I I honestly think my love for the Talkboy is what got me into podcasting way before podcasting was a thing because there were times that I would just like put on headphones, plug it into the Talkboy and I would just talk into it and like go back and like listen to it. Like kind of like my own podcast for the podcast. I've actually two I've made the joke like me and uh I want to do a podcast with like me or Wilkman or me and Jesse, one of the two, but we do it over a Talkboy. Like, that's it. Like, do it live with a talk boy. I think that'd be fun. Yeah. It would sound like garbage, but it would be so awesome. <laughs> like, I wanted to, like, um, dub the tapes and, like, uh, pass them out as, like, a weird, um, like, promotional thing. Like, here's here's this that podcast. That would be really cool. I know. Like, it, I kind of got inspiration, like, Jesse being all about uh, VHSs. And I thought about, like, what if, like, we brought cassette tapes back, but, like, like we we do podcasting, but over like a talk boy or just some sort of like tape recorder, and like that's how you pass it out. You just pass out like a like almost be like a demo tape of just uh, cassette tapes. Yeah, it's like a nostalgic thing. Like, I mean, that's it's different, and people love nostalgic stuff. So, mm-hmm. I think it'd be awesome. Well, what's your favorite Christmas movie? Home Alone Two. Oh, it is Home Alone Two. Okay. Yeah, like. uh Home Alone 2, Home Alone 1, and then Christmas Story right after that. Christmas Story used to be my favorite when I was a kid, but in my like teenage and adult years, it's become Home Alone. If you were to pick a fourth movie, what would it be? Because ironically, those three are in my top five. A fifth one is questionable, but there's always one more. I'm curious if you're going to say the same movie or if you're going to go left field with it. Jingle All the Way. Yes. I fucking love that movie, man. <laughs> it's when you look back at it, like I recently seen some like reviews from the nineties, like people shit on that movie. And oh, now yeah. it's the, like our generation, like we grew up with it. That was like a weird Christmas movie and we're all attached to it. And I, you know, I'll quote it from time to time that just like some of the smaller quotes, like, you know, maybe Tata turtle man, thing that every time it gets brought up on the show if you find the there's this remix of arnold saying put that cookie down oh yeah i've i've, I've seen it and it's like well that Dude. whole dialogue with him and phil hartman oh like oh that's my crazy like favorite christmas song like there's uh, like i have more every traditional while good every once in a while when people are in my way i'll just yell get out of my way box and like some people get it but a lot of people won't and it's hilarious <laughs> And then, like, looking back at it as an adult, like, Phil Hartman killed it. Like, definitely as a kid, like, oh, you hated yeah. Phil Hartman for that role. 
But, yeah, he was he was just a creeper that was trying to you know hit on someone's wife. Mm-hmm. And it was great when he got like clobbered with the thermostat of eggnog. Dad, <laughs> you smell like barf. <laughs> um, uh, I don't like. I don't want to get too personal, but like, uh, my recently like an issue with my dad, and like in my head. Like on Father's Day, I pictured uh, Jamie doing that. Like, uh, here's to you, Dad. Like <laughs> drinking. Like that's what I pictured in my head. <laughs> but, oh, that kid's such a bad actor, too. Like, oh my he's god, terrible. <laughs> uh, also, like watching it now, like if you look at Jamie's room, Jamie, like that character was ahead of his time because, like, he had. Like comic books just plaster, like it, like huge Captain America, and like in the nineties, like I don't feel like that was nearly as big. Like if that was a actual kid of that time, it probably would have been like Power Rangers. But then again, let's face it, Turbo Man was like a rip off Power Ranger. But still, there I felt like there would be yeah. other things. But they did like went Marvel, and now you go, oh yeah, that's like a kid now. Man, have you ever have you looked into buying a Turbo Man? Like oh yeah, they're expensive. Dude, I. Me and Jesse and Wilkins went to a show in Indianapolis and we stopped at this like really cool toy store and the guy had a Turbo Man and my ex had been trying to buy one for years and years, but she said they're too expensive. Mm-hmm. And I looked at it I, and it was like $250. I was like, hmm, that's why she's never bought it for me. I think I have a credit card right now, but I really shouldn't do this. You you want to know another reason to hate? And I say, yeah. that, I say that jokingly, to hate Johnny Gargano? Yes. When he was here in Cleveland, just when he was a local wrestler, someone brought him a Turbo Man. Oh, fuck him. <laughs> God damn it. And I want to say this was like 2012 or 13. I can't remember, <sighs> but I know if you look up, there's there's a picture somewhere of him with it. Like, <laughs> it's nuts. I love, I love Johnny to death, but yeah, that I've definitely wanted Turbo and. They, I know they were out when we were a kid because of the movie, but I, I feel like either they were just well hidden, or they didn't sell enough. I don't know what it was, but yeah, that, I feel like no one really bought them. That seems to be the key, in you know, just like any type of collection where the stuff that's worth the most is the stuff that either didn't sell well or like everybody had but they threw it away. Like uh, yeah, if you find like the. WWF party stuff, the cake toppers and the, the hat. Like, those are the stuff that goes for crazy money, not a fucking, like, regular figure. Right. Not like any of the old school figures or anything like that. It's just, like, the dumb bullshit, like the ice cream cones and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then the the figures that go for the most money are they, like I said, the ones that didn't sell. Like, I had, I had kind of looked into some Atom Bomb stuff because I okay. always loved that he had his own version of the Bret Hart glasses, but they were for him uh-huh. and they were, they were supposed to look like his goggles. Never got a chance to get one as a kid. And obviously like not many people bought them. I ended up finding one on eBay a month or so ago. And it was like a hundred bucks. And I was like, uh, I can't afford this right now. I'm like, I'll watch it. And eventually someone fucking bought it. But like that went for a lot of money. If you, the atom bomb football that he used to like throw out into the crowd and they, I know they did sell, that was once on eBay for about a hundred bucks and his figure goes for a lot of money too, because it was at the end of Has- the Hasbro stuff where mm-hmm. just people like, especially him, like why, why are people buying an Adam bomb figure when they can buy a Bret Hart or Undertaker? 
right. All right, let's uh, let's start to wrap this show up. And we uh, before we go, we do have the fave five questions, and uh, we'll get into those right now. Hey, this is Booker T, five-time champ, and this is the fave five questions. Now, can you dig it? Question number one, we will start with uh, wings, bone in or bone out? Bone in, those are actual wings, bone, bone out are just tenders. Oh, that's that's different. Everybody says nuggets. So saying tenders is technically a different take. Well, nu- nuggets are smaller. Okay. So I guess it, de- it guess it depends on where you're going because everywhere will have a different size, like quote unquote boneless wing. Mm-hmm. So some places will have like you know little lacrosse ball size nuggets, or like they'll actually have like tender looking ones. So I guess it depends on where you go. Okay. This is one of the most common questioned independent wrestlers you've probably been asked it i think i might know where you lie but sheets or wawa sheets all day Ooh, when when you were up here did dom introduce you to gecko he did not what is that Ooh, um i'm gonna have to uh, i don't want to say yell at dom because i would never yell at dom i would have to mention it to him that we have like our own like in our in our area, this it's like Sheets, it's like Wawa, it's a gas station that's owned by a, a supermarket called Giant Eagle, and they started uh, a gas station line called Getgo, and eventually they started doing the made to order stuff, and some people like me, Josh Bishop, and Dom, like we consider ourselves like Team Getgo. Like I love Sheets, but if you're gonna throw a Sheets at one corner and a Getgo at another corner, where I can get made to order stuff i'm gonna go there every time because some of their crazy sandwiches are just is just amazing and so just i don't know i prefer it over sheets but the big question is sheets or wawa so interesting i'll have to try that next time i'm up there definitely the best time and like a lot of us who are in the area i guess it's like the most popular sandwich they have they have it from early october to a little after thanksgiving and it's called the pilgrim it's like uh, okay. st- stuffing bread, turkey, mashed potatoes, cheese, and you can get cranberry sauce on it and tater tots. Maybe it's not mashed potatoes, Ooh. you get tater tots. Yeah. Oh. Like, okay. 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 <laughs> it is. I like that. Literally, like, I thought I was the only one that really loved it. And then I kind of brought it up on Twitter. And other people were like, oh, yeah, like, that's my favorite. Oh, that's my favorite, too. And then uh, another friend, uh, he mentioned what he does is he'll take the stuffing bread and use it for another sandwich because obviously it's part of their inventory. So you, whenever you customize any random sandwich, you could add that bread when they, when they have it. It's, it's some good stuff. It's the, uh, I don't I want to say the option C of the area. That's just so good. <laughs> option C. I like that. Uh, let's go with uh, question number three, pancakes or waffles? Waffles. Any particular reason? Uh, they hold syrup better. Okay. And I don't want to eat a cake. Well, I do want to eat a cake, but I don't want to eat a cake in that sense. I like, I'm a texture guy. Okay. So I like crunch, and most of the time waffles are crunch. Regular waffles, or can it be a variety? Like, what do you prefer? I usually just go straight up, okay. um, but sometimes I'll go crazy. I'll get a chocolate chip waffle every once in a while, but I'm, I'm all about uh, a waffle house, so... I'll usually just get the all-star special with a regular waffle. That's one question I'm surprised I've never added a Waffle House or IHOP, but... Waffle House all day, man. 
depends on my mood. I like I like Waffle Houses, but they're all really small. And if you go at the wrong time of night, it could be hell. Same could be yeah, probably said for a lot of artists. Is you're going to see a fight. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Question number four, uh, probably going to be a theme that I do with everybody from Southern Rum Pro, and that is we have the AJ Gray question. I normally ask for hot takes, but every time I ask people, they don't seem to understand where I'm coming from. So, do you have any unpopular opinions, such as AJ Gray, whenever he's on social media and just says a whole bunch of them? <laughs> um, I got his permission to use that, so... <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure I have a lot of unpopular opinions like I just can't think of any off the top of my head really. Uh I think that's the weird issue about this cuz it's like such an open field but then yeah. like I mean I'm definitely a Coca-Cola guy over Pepsi but I don't think that that's an op- unpopular opinion cuz Pepsi is trash. <laughs> that is a potential Fae 5 question where I didn't ask it but yeah that's I'm hardcore Coke I, Pepsi is there's a comedian from Ohio who he's made it somewhat big. His name's John Caparulo. And he, the, I heard this joke early on from him and I repeat it all the time. And he says, can we, can we have Coke and Pepsi in the same building? I'm getting tired of going to places. Can I have a Coke? Mm, is Pepsi okay? Mm, is Monopoly money okay? No, it's not because Pepsi sucks. And you know it sucks. <laughs> I I went to a restaurant with my friend like a couple months ago and someone said that to me. I just go, give me a water. Like, I was so mean to the person I didn't mean to, but I was just like, I don't, I try not to drink a lot of caffeine yeah. unless it's like coffee. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, so disappointed at that time because I really wanted to Coke and I felt really bad. Yeah. I think there was one restaurant I went to and I actually like, I don't think I ordered Coke, but someone else did. And the waitress was like, is Pepsi okay? And I went mm, like, just kind of under my voice, but loud enough where she could hear. I was like, mm, is Monopoly money okay? <laughs> that's awesome and they were like don't do that she'll spit in our food and I'm like what that's funny yeah she spits in your food you get free food and she probably gets fired alright question number five and this is the Wilkman question and this is another thing we're going to ask everybody from Southern Underground Pro we actually have a prediction from Brett of how you would answer this is Die Hard a Christmas movie? It is a movie that is set in Christmas, but is it a quote-unquote Christmas movie? No, because that is not the plot of the movie. That is exactly what Brett said you would say. Not exactly that, but he, he said he would disagree because he said, fuck yeah, it is. And I'm like, eh. Personally, I'm very much like Wolfman. I, I don't think it's a Christmas movie. And like recently there was a poll um, – that asked people whether they thought Die Hard was a Christmas movie. And I forget what percent, maybe like 64% said no. And I posted mm-hmm. that link and there's like three people that almost commented immediately. Yes, it is. I'm not listening to this. I'm like, I'm just posting like an article. Like there's, there's people that just get really defensive about it. And I'm like, yeah, dude, they're just arguing for the sake of arguing because they want to be different than people. But like, let's be real. Look at the movie. There's it's set during Christmas, but is the plot, Christmas at all? No, it's about taking over that building and John McClane trying to stop all these weird German people from taking it over. And Carl Winslow being in the movie. <laughs> That's... I kind of go, it's, it's everybody who wants to go with this, like, really crazy oddball answer. And a friend of mine mentioned this a couple years to me, and I, 
I tend to agree with it. Is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Yes. But is it a holiday movie? No. And that's where the real difference okay. is. And But it, it's hard to explain that people like, oh, no, it's a Christmas movie. And this Christmas movie. I'm like, okay, I think when we say Christmas movie, we mean holiday movie because we think of there is a certain theme for Christmas movies. And it has to do right. more with the holiday and whether it be, you know, like Home Alone, you know, the value of family. I tell, that's a, actually a lot of them, you know, the value of family and, you know, loving mm -hmm. one another. And like, that's not the theme, but there's yep. this like unconventional category for Christmas movies. Die Hard's number one. And then you get like Gremlins, Batman Returns, uh, Rocky Four, and like there's a couple other ones. But I always joke with people now. I'm like, well, if if Die Hard's a Christmas movie, then Coco's a Halloween movie. <laughs> yeah yeah very true so when, when when you're singing like the monster mash i'm gonna sing remember me because hey christmas movie i mean a halloween movie but it's also like do people classify nightmare before christmas a halloween or christmas movie i've always joked around said a thanksgiving movie so it's in between <laughs> yeah back that eh, i always say halloween but i think Tim Burton or someone was like, no, it's more Christmas. And I'm like, eh, like, I get where you're coming from. But and then again, the, I mentioned this with Brett, the, like the writer or director of Jingle All the Way is like, oh, it's not a Christmas movie. And I'm like, okay, like, no, like on, that, that's it's a Christmas movie. That's a Christmas movie through and through. Like, I don't, I don't know whether yeah, you're like, just like mad that everybody says that about diehards or like, oh, I'll screw with them. But yeah, that's a no, Christmas you have movie. actual reindeer in your movie. It's a Christmas movie. <laughs> reindeer, Santa going out Christmas show. Like, literally, you take Christmas out of that movie. Yeah, I don't know. Big show has Santa in it. Uh, <laughs> Vern Troyer, uh, a.k.a. Mini-Me, as one of the elves. That's yeah, another dude, one. It's a Christmas movie third and third. Come on. That's another uh, quote that I'll go is, Little Buddy? <laughs> yeah. Little Buddy. Or uh, Jingle Bells, Batman Smells. <laughs> When he tries to pick up the Turbo Man from the from the Santas, and it just speaks in Spanish, and he's so bad. <laughs> it's fun and educational. Some assembly may be required. <laughs> uh, whatever I think of the reindeer, I think of them running to the radio station, and Arnold Schwarzenegger. I was like, I don't, I can't do it all, but like Dasher, Dancer, Prancer, Vixen, Comet, Cupid, Donner, Blizzard. Like he's just repeating it as yeah. he's running, like at a pace. <laughs> And Sinbad's like, oh, oh, oh. and then you like when they get to it, you hear like some stoner on the phone, like saying like Gerald or something like that. He's like just completely wrong. I, I think I, I remember even like as a kid, like calling bullshit when they get to there and he's like, no, 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 you misunderstood. I said you will get one eventually if you go back. Like he doesn't say that. I'm like, you lying no, son of a bitch. <laughs> you yeah. said you will win one. Fucking false advertisement. You deserved uh, that bullshit. <laughs> With your ponytail. <laughs> Such a classic movie. I'm gonna, that's going to be one I watch really soon. But uh, Yeah, I'm, I'm probably going to watch tomorrow, honestly. Uh, question number six, because like with Booker T, there was uh, more than five in his Fay Five. And as I tailor around whoever I have on, what is your number one? No, no ties, no nothing. Your number one favorite Disney movie. Toy Story 2. Ooh. 
normal i was thinking you'd either go one like when you said toy story and then i could tell you were could say a number i didn't know if you're gonna go one or three one obviously it's one one is cool for nostalgia purposes mm-hmm. two i love jesse and bullseye uh that's mostly why i love it mm-hmm. and the prospect is hilarious to me oh, yeah. three makes me cry every single time yeah that was i felt like the not the beginning but like one of those bigger moments that like you're at the end of the movie and you're like oh my god are they gonna do it are they gonna do it are they gonna do it and then they like, just give you like that big emotional moment at the end like oh no they're living yeah it's gonna, it's gonna be the claw claw's gonna save them <laughs> yep it's how do you feel like obviously it's not one of the questions how are you feeling about toy story 4 um i'm like i'm obviously gonna watch it and i'm gonna love it but i'm really interested in what the plot point is mm-hmm. so they, they had the trailer with like that weird sports thing that was like, mm-hmm. I'm not a toy. I'm not supposed to be here. Like what's going to happen there. Yeah. And we'll like see. where they're going to go with, like, is this going to take place at the daycare? Is this going to be uh, yeah, in the little, like, in the little girl's room? Like how, how are we doing this? Cause obviously one through three was, you know, Andy's trilogy. Like, are we, mm-hmm. is this going to be it? Like how, like there's, a, th- I felt like in three, there's a lot of things that they left open for characters. Like with uh, Rex and uh, the other dinosaur, like there would be, they do something with those two, but yeah, obviously we didn't see that. So there's definitely more. Yeah, it's gonna be hard to see that series eventually go away because that's been around. I mean, all I came to terms with it after three. I was like, okay, well, this is my childhood with this done forever. Like, I'll just go back and watch these movies. But now they're like, oh, we're gonna do another one. Like, cool, thanks a lot, guys. <laughs> Yeah, there's going to be – I don't know what's going to be with that one, but it's it's definitely going to be a good one. And that, The thing, too, that I do love about Pixar is they'll have the run where they're doing these sequels that everybody's looking forward to, you know, Cars 2, uh, Finding Dory, which was another good one, uh, uh, Toy Story 4. But eventually, they're. I think right after this one, they're like, okay, we're going back to originals for a little while, which is great because that's how you get movies like – Coco and Wally and up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I really, I really enjoy like, and like even the um, like mini movies or the well, the shorts before. Yeah, yeah, shorts. That's what that's the word I was looking for. But like, those are awesome too. Like that bow one. Oh, that made me cry real bad. Which one? Bow. Like the one with the bow bun. Oh yeah, the. Um... That one was. I think it was before Incredibles two that they showed it. Yeah, that one. That one was a good one. I feel like all of them are good. Like, I mean, obviously, there's gonna like the always the most recent one is will stick in your head, and then there's always like random ones. Like, I forget what movie it was in front of, but the one with the the like little baby bird in the water. Oh yeah, like yeah. that one was another really good one. Uh, there was another one with like a. The, the book bag. Yep. Like they were all like all so good, but yeah, the that that new the one for uh, Incredibles two was pretty good too. All yeah, right, Disney stuff. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Any uh, final thoughts or last minute plugs before we go? Uh, follow me on social media, Kevin X Q K U. Um, just see where I'm gonna be. This year's wrapping up. I only have a couple more dates, and then. That's it for this year. 2019 is going to be real crazy because I have some shit booked for that. So definitely looking forward to it. 
And of course, you can find myself at HeavySet330 on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, just like you can find this show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Facebook.com slash Wrestling Cheers, Twitter.com slash Wrestling Cheers, and Instagram.com slash Wrestling Cheers. Email, if you so choose a desire, Wrestling Cheers at gmail.com. And like I said, please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you're listening to this podcast, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, YouTube, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or Podbean, Wrestling Cheers, Podbean. And check out our friends on the Trending Topics Network, such as All Beer Inside, Eurovision Showcase, and Old School at the Movies. And check out our other podcast friends, such as Pod Van Dam, Center Stage, Super Fantastic Podcast, Road Home from Wrestling, The Dave Dynasty Show, Kick Out at Two, The IndieCast, Sobros Network, and The Big Gold Bell Podcast. And check out our other non-podcasting friends, such as Thrift Store Jobber, Rebel Life Media, Savage Stash, Set Tab Photo, PowerSlam.tv. Use the promo code Wrestling Cheers and get one free month. Ringside Shots Photography, Sickening Pictures, Wrestle Void, NEO Sports Insiders, Midwest Territory, and the official graphic designer of Wrestling Cheers, Moy Boy Designs. That will do it for us here on Wrestling Cheers, where everybody knows your name, even if you go to Disney all the time. Later. <laughs> Thank you. Making your way in the world today takes everything you got. Taking a break from all your worries sure would help a lot. Would you like to get away? Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name. Are you tired of the same old pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 3,000 hours of the best pro wrestling events from over 100 of the biggest names in the industry from over 15 countries around the globe. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv.